0: If you'd have told me a number of years ago, when I first started writing and creating content in this space that I'd be sitting down with some of the team from Pancake Swap. I'd have kind of laughed you out the room, <laughs> but we're joined today by Chef Icy, who I've been pestering in Telegram to come on the podcast and uh, they've kindly joined us. So thank you very much. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I'm glad to be here. Um, I think it's my turn to
1: pestle you now with this podcast. So, you know, thanks for having me and looking forward to you the
0: conversation. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's, uh it's it's strange because we're there's a lot of stuff that's happening in and around the PancakeSwap ecosystem and we're kind of seeing it firsthand from protocols that are taking a close look at you guys and I'm sure we're gonna get all into it. But again just to kind of re- reiterate on that first point, I think there was PancakeSwap and maybe like beefy finance of the early days of finance of smart chain and that really kind of allowed people to see what DeFi was all about without kind of being extremely cost prohibitive and i think a lot of me me my friends and a lot of people who are still in the blockmates community now have uh kind of cut their teeth on on pancake swap so i think it's uh it's good to see that this comes full circle and I just want to kind of pick it all apart really but um before we actually get into it like was there a was there a kind of traditional route into where you are are now chef see? like what was the uh was there anything from a past life that kind of led you to where you are now working with kind of PancakeSwap with as much or as little detail as, you, as you'd like to go into. But I'd um, love to kind of hear the maybe some early stories of the origin story of Chef Icy.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and, and thanks for asking. So no, there is a link there. So um, I, I first started in pretty like risk-averse kind of industry. So I was working in consulting uh, and then went into tech and I didn't really enjoy it. So you know, switch from like risk averse to like fully risk on to start a, a startup. Um, you know, as, as I'm sure you know, like, it's, it's, it's a bit of a grind, but I was very fortunate to exit
2: that startup uh, during the the whole you know uh, post COVID max bid Jerome uh, Powell daddy kind of like 2020 vibes. Um, so yeah, like
1: exiting my startup uh, was was like fully like risk on mode. Um, so obviously, the next play to you know go down the risk path <laughs> was to go full time into crypto. Um, so yeah, then I joined the kitchen um, roughly uh, in, in late uh, 2021. 20, uh, but you know, in terms of my crypto journey, I uh, started I
2: think uh, in 2017. I think I went straight into ETH.
1: Uh, never touched Bitcoin. Um was, was fairly active in some of the ETH um subreddits. And I think uh maybe maybe some highlights of my crypto journey include um, you know, getting uh, liquidated on DYDX, <laughs> okay, woohoo. But then but then because thanks to the add-on I was made more than whole. So that that, that was a great um story man. Um also I think I first saw in like, crypto kitties uh back in like a um I think it was like 2017 or 2018 um also i'm sure as with most millennials you know we, we grew up also with things like runescape and neopass so i was like oh this is really cool and then when i wanted to you know buy one like the gas was like 150 dollars i was like oh man
2: that's like a really good meal food <laughs> big job kitty food ah
1: food one so messed up on that unfortunately Um, And I think, of course, the last highlight of my crypto journey has been working with the kitchen. And yeah, it's been an amazing ride so far. I think DeFi is in this really amazing space because it's still pretty new. Um, You know, everyone always says that, you know, we're still early and we are. We really are. But then I think the ecosystem has, I would say, matured because there's still a lot of, you know, immature. Personality involved, um, but uh, it has developed to a point in which you know you have on chain kind of um, um, tools. Um, there's many things that can help even people without the without coding background make sense of what is traditionally quite a technical space. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really right for discovery now. And you know, super excited to be in DeFi, super excited to be having this conversation with you.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, Do you think there's, because I suppose crypto in and of itself, because it is so young and particularly DeFi um, even even more so, there's that huge kind of, everyone seems like they're doing something, you know, like everyone you speak to, maybe they're, they're helping out with marketing for a project that, I don't know, someone's doing some code auditing or someone's doing a lot of BD for a specific company. There just feels like this melting pot of kind of everyone's, doing this kind of self-sufficient startup kind of culture. And it's all like just happening on the Internet with in Telegram and Discord, and people are creating billion dollar companies out of Discord. And it's it's absolutely crazy. But do you think you, you'd always lean into that hustle and bustle and, and kind of the grind of that startup kind of culture and like what crypto is in and of itself? Is that kind of where you want to be as a, as, a, as a kind of person who's building?
1: Yeah, so I do think that, you know, the kind of like grassroots kind of approach that you've mentioned is is something that is, that has been the lifeline and will be the lifeline of crypto uh, Hmm. projects. Um, Oh man, but this is like my boring aging self coming into a room too. But at at some point (laughs) in time, we also do need, you know, the, the, you know, button up suits are in terms of you know onboarding you know the next you know let's say billion users because um as much as you know the grassroots approach has led to you know some amazing innovation in the space um it has also led to um some you know uh risk and also uh, quite I mean some damage to to um many different you know uh, groups of people. So I do think that the there the is need um, to, you know, (laughs) bring in some structure um, to Mm -hmm. this whole um, chaos. Uh, But uh, yeah, so I think now, I think, you know, DeFi and crypto as a whole is at this, you know, sort of, um, you know, point in which we need to figure out um, how much do you want to encourage um, grassroots um, innovation by the same time making sure that is done fairly responsibly. Obviously, a lot of the tension comes from you know what's responsible um, differs. Uh, but I think it's a conversation that we need to have as you know an industry, um, and yeah, it's something that has been I guess accelerated by events in the past year with you know the different um, different like uh, sex collapses, different kinds of you know uh, hacks. Uh, involved, um, so yeah, so so there's it, it, a. Um, I mean, I, I could have imagined these things, you know, back in 2020 <laughs> when I was, you know, first using package. So, but yeah, I think um,
0: a lot of like the that grassroots thing is super important. Um, but yeah, we, we we just need to make sure that the energy is channeled responsibly. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, just even on the onboarding perspective, I've been speaking to a lot of founders and, and builders in the space, and it feels like there's a, such a heavy focus on, right, we can definitely cater to whoever's still here and anyone who's still kind of around after the past two years of <laughs> quite uh, troubling times. It's, you know, they're, they're not kind of leave anywhere anytime soon. But it's like, how do we bring in, as you say, the next 100 million, maybe even a billion users, and how do you get them to use the applications that are getting built now um is there kind of a big focused effort on how do you get it into the hands of more more people from maybe it's mobile first maybe it's making it uh, a lot more user and uh, accessible to the average kind of user is that kind of a main focus of pancakes well because i think one what, what you guys have probably better than anyone else in the space is that non-intimidating you are ux already so it's like how do you get that into the hands of like the average person who might might want to just trade into like a specific token, and, and I think you guys do a good job of it. But over the course of like I don't know, however many months going forward now, do you think that there's a big a big focus internally from trying to push into um, the masses?
1: Yes, I think you have actually touched on a, a few points. So you're right that having um, an interface that works on both well mobiles and also on the I mean on desktops, I think that's hugely important. Having, as you say, it's not like super simple, but I think it is fairly approachable uh, in terms of you know how we set up our UI UX, and I think that also has been important. Um, And I I think that you know these are maybe some like the more deliberate, um, more more kind of um, yeah, like deliberate choices that we've put up there. Um, But I think. Uh, a significant reason as to why we've managed to onboard a lot of users is through the hard work and grit of our like admin team so um, like most crypto projects we have like a team of you know um, of you know volunteers and also enthusiasts who, who you know help to answer questions help to um, provide this really tight feedback loop for us and for us having this, you know, uh, admin community of, I think we have close to 14 ambassadors now, and they cover 15 languages. So yeah, like, you know, obviously major ones like English, Spanish, um, Chinese, um, but also, you know, some like the, um, I, I, uh, and also you know, some sound like the, the more, uh, the, yeah, the languages covered by the, Emerging commies like Turkish or Indonesia. So yeah, having this like group of admins has been one of the key reasons why we're able to scale. Because you know every time we roll out a new product, I'm always you know just <laughs> monitoring the the Telegram channel we have with them because the feedback is instantaneous. And you know, we usually hope that there's no bugs and usually that isn't you know huge bugs. But there's always like tweaks that we could make to make it you know a bit more user friendly. Um, so, yeah, the admin community
0: has been really important in terms of making sure that we're able to always rapidly iterate and make sure that, you know, user design is at the forefront of whatever we do. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the, the community is such an important part. That I know that uh, we're living in an open source industry where a lot of stuff can be kind of forked and iterated on, and that's that's great. But that's one aspect of it, the community that you're just not going to be able to build on. You need to have like such a solid base and they can do so much heavy lifting for you. And I think it goes completely. If people, if projects don't lean into that a lot, it's very, very telling and it don't, they don't really send the test of time. So kudos for being able to build that up and make like the longevity out of it. But um, with um, how many <laughs> products you guys roll out, because it's just, it's just non stop It's brilliant. I can't, believe how much you can actually ship over such a short at of time. And it just integrates really, really well and seamless with all of the kind of adjacent and corresponding products. But how difficult is that to go through the process of, right, this is definitely what we need to lean into, because there's a lot of shiny objects, a lot of new shiny products that come onto the scene in DeFi all the time. How difficult is it to say, yeah, this is what we need. This is what we're going to lean into, and then just pick one and then lean into that.
1: So, okay. I think to, to answer you know like how we're able to ship products so quickly, um, so I mean we, we do have a great team, but oh, this is gonna sound so sappy, but I think for for many of us um, in the team, the reason why you know we're willing to work really long hours like right? and just to push products out is uh, this is okay. This is the an honest and well, true. Like this is honestly because I think a lot of us are driven. Um, by the community, like having that that sort of response, having the kind of um, enthusiasm displayed by you know such a wide group of um, users, is something that does um, drive us. Um, even though you know we have this whole cute, seekable interface, I think for a lot of our users, um, this 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 yeah ability for, for us to deliver products that you know actually do meaningfully impact their their lives is, is a pretty significant uh motivator for us. Uh, so I think that has been a, a really, you know, um, that has led that that has led um, to to be a really significant push motivator for the team to ship really quickly. In terms of you know, what's it like from you know going from an idea to execution? I think it honestly depends on what the idea is. So so for example for, for our multi-chain expansion. Um, I think we've only like, you know, started expanding to Ethereum and Actos in late 2022. Um but
2: we've already started thinking about the idea in yeah, in around
1: 2021. Um so the main reason is because you know like we we really I think have, have you know managed to flourish on BNB chain. And you know while well, BNB chain will always be our home, um, having you know um, really delivered towards the market on BNB chain. We were looking off chain. I think in 2021, at a point in time, um the, the whole you know like cross-chain kind of ecosystem was still fairly young. Um you did have you know several uh prolific kind of incidents with, you know, like eye-watering songs being, being lost and also, you know, a lot of different kinds of um, code exploits that, that, yeah, we wouldn't, we weren't comfortable with, especially because we had so much liquidity deployed on us. And then, so yeah, even though it started in 2021, uh, in 2022, late 2022, um, you know, we, we saw that, okay, there's like decent tech um, with with you know, there's um, zeros like uh, OFT, OmniChain fungible token. We deploy with that, and at the same time, the stars are aligned in terms of you know uh, us being able to roll out V3. So the reason why having both a reliable bridge but also um, a way to deploy V3 liquidity is important is because, um, especially when you go to a new chain, um, your liquidity is likely to be thin. And so traditionally with V2 liquidity, you wouldn't get you know decent price execution. But with concentrated V3 liquidity, uh, you're able to still, I mean, you wouldn't get you know amazing kind of execution, but with a much smaller um you know uh, liquidity pool, you're able to deliver you know bearable kinds of um, price execution. So that allowed that allowed us to you know really be able to go cross-chain in a way that still delivered. A decent experience for users. So yeah, that's, that's You know, the long story of um, cross-chain, um, but more generally reflects, you know, that, that whenever we ship um, kind of
2: products, uh, it, it does depend on available on infrastructure like the ecosystem. Um, And recently we've been shopping a lot just because, you know, a lot of these
1: things have have come to a head. You know, with V3 liquidity, with things such as, like, um, Oracle's, like, improving a lot. And also, I mean, just in terms of the the market, especially in the last, you know, three, three, four weeks of green, it's just been a bit more positive, which, you know, helps to uh,
2: really make sure that the market that we're trying to deliver is that. So, yeah. we, you know, in, in, in essence, we,
1: we, we try to go um, as soon as possible once we know that we can deliver a product that works for our users.
0: Yeah. Awesome. What's the, um, was there a bit of a steep learning curve for the community kind of primarily switching over to B3? I know kind of concentrate liquidity so can be difficult to, for users to wrap their head around, particularly if they've just been kind of passively LPing on just like a traditional x times y equals k v two m m was there was there any kind of not pushback, but was there a bit of a, a learning curve happening in the community there, or what, what kind of feedback did you get from that?
1: Even I have a learning curve when it comes to v three. I think the only like kind of v three that I'm comfortable providing will be like stable like um, yeah. paths. <laughs> um And I've used like v three to like set things like limit orders. Um, But yeah, so there was, you know, uh, quite a lot of, um, I think, concern from community and um, we did publish, you know, a few guys worked with, you know, team of admins to get it through. Um, But I I think we we did address some of V3 concerns by, you know, more DeFi native parts of our users. But we do recognize that, that there are users who want that, you know, like hands off. Kind of like v 2 kind of provisioning. Um, so recently we have like worked with a bunch of um, liquidity managers to yeah release vaults that in essence help with this like hands-off provisioning. Um, they are still in the testing phase um, because I mean we, we do want to look at the performance over you know a longer time span. Uh, but hopefully with these um, position managers we're able to provide that you know uh, one-click liquidity that users were used to in v2 but then you know have that powered by v3 um you know underlying kinds of uh, mechanisms uh, which does allow them to you know get um, higher you know lp aprs with lower liquidity requirements
0: yeah yeah completely agree i think that's i think that's a good happy medium isn't it and if people want to go ahead and set their own ranges and kind of around with that and the then the possibility still there as well so i think that's a good kind of happy medium so one of the big things that we wanted to get into what is happening with regards to the switching tokenomics with the cake token because from from the early days i was really lucky and fortunate to stumble upon it and purchase some and just stake it away and you know and then um it was, it was great. Like it was a very, very good time to be hard if you were buying cake at like a, a dollar and stuff like that. Um, and now this this talks of switching over to a new tokenomic and, and in particular, a new staking model. Can you just kind of tell us like as much detail as you can on that? And then we can, I suppose, pick the bones out of it.
1: Yeah. So let me first talk about, you know, those happy days where, uh, I mean, no, we're still in happy day now, but like you know, those uh, like, like triple-digit APR of um,
0: case Those and, were uh, the days. I think twenty twenty, I
1: think twenty twenty one, like numbers just go up. Um, so I think at a point in time, you know, um, there was there was a lot of liquidity like entering, um, BMB chain. So you know, we, we went from like practically like less than a billion TVLs a chain to, you know, um, several multiples of that. And at the same time, uh, we had a really growth-focused model. Um, so yeah, but, like we were super like inflationary. But at the same time, um, the rate of liquidity entering the chain was you know similar if not more than this inflation rate. So um, I think that was I want not say suitable, but you know that that was you know something that was justifiable at the point in time. Um, and with the bad market I know they could
2: leaving you know not just BNB chain but you know, just the crypto ecosystem as a whole um we as a protocol had to
1: change our
2: rate of inflation because we couldn't just you know rapidly dilute
1: as a syn cake um, holders with you know this one triple digit API thing um so you know far forward today um, you know we are in low inflation. Kind of mode, I think, uh, I think for the past few months, we've been deflationary, and this has been something that has occurred, uh, that we've set in place for past years. So, we've like gradually trimmed down our emissions. So, I think at the start of our year, our inflation was around 20 percent, now it's around, I think, in, in October, it was like negative 0.85 uh, percent. so yeah, like. We have much more sustainable kind of you know um, inflation rates now, and how we're looking at it now is you know cake is is not just you know like this farming token there are um, a lot of utilities that attribute to it, and with the introduction of you know the the VEK ecosystem, we hope to capture some of these um, these um, you know secondary characteristics. Within a secondary market, which is like the fee-kick market, so I'll take a pause here. Um, I just want to make sure that I answered your first question. Um, yeah, like accurately.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Is it? I suppose particularly with like a multi-chain expansion, is it really difficult without having the VE style tokenomics to bootstrap liquidity for the pools across several different chains? Because I. I it's kind of a catch twenty two, isn't it? You want you need to incentivize people to deposit liquidity with some form of I don't know emissions re- reward, rewards whatever. Um, But then again, as you say, you don't want to just be diluting the like loyal token holders that have been for around for a while. So does like the, the switch to VE help with that at all? Like does it does it enable you to go go forth and go cross chain and incentivize depth of liquidity maybe by um, a different system?
1: Yeah. So I think. What uh, I think the tension here is between
2: token incentives and the kind of liquidity that is
1: important for the platform. So let's say when we, whenever we go to a new chain, we do want to make sure that we have sufficient liquidity on call pools. So for example, if it's like a you know like an ETH L2, we do want to make sure that we have good liquidity on the ETH pairs and maybe you know a stable pair. Um i think with v cake uh, the way we think about it is that it addresses some of the long tail paths, so not the um, not just like the the e for stable pairs. Uh so the reason why we have taken this approach is because um just generally for um let's say uh, convexes that are built on top of PE mm-hmm. systems, they derive their revenue from bribes, and bribes are usually paid um, from project teams who want to incentivize the liquidity. So, for example, you know, Lido will give Lido tokens for let's say ETH. Um, for you know, token pairs like Ethereum, well, like, no you know, tether. Um, you know, I, I asked Vitalik for for some, you know, if to do private pools on but He hasn't gotten back to me. I'm not too hopeful <laughs> about that. Um, and then when I message like Pablo, I'm like, I got a little of swans. So, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not too sure <laughs> about um, whether well, you know they'll pay for those no So we should start a campaign. We should
0: start you. a public campaign for that. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. And so the way we
1: think about, you know, VEK and, you know, crushing liquidity is that I think we'll still try to, you know, direct, you know, meaningful amount of emissions towards, you know, some of the core pools
2: and for like the non, like, you know, these long tail paths, you know, being, you know, projects like Lido or, you know, things like um we'll leave it up to, you know, VEK ecosystem to
1: direct the emissions for that. Um, because you know having a second, secondary market for this allows, I mean, technically allows for these emissions to be delivered in a more productive manner. So the high-level summary is that um, regarding the cake and cross-chain liquidity, uh, we'll still, as a kitchen, make sure that there is sufficient liquidity
2: for call pools, so that you know the trading um, is has does you know
1: minimum kind of flow um and then you know for some like the long tail pairs and, and some like the project teams um, we'll leave that up to the VK ecosystem to you know um derive the incentives for those pairs.
0: yeah that it does it does make a, an awful lot of sense particularly if you you guys are building in an ecosystem and you know there might be an emerging project over there that wants to kind of bootstrap its own liquidity um and then they go and kind of absorb as much cake stake, or even go to an additional protocol that owns a, lot, a large share of the cake um, makes an awful lot of sense particularly with concentrate liquidity and trying to boot up that liquidity view an early stage protocol so i think i think it's i think it's a great switch personally um what what is the like what's the what is the staking dynamic for like the average cake holder now so like the user journey would just be you've got cake you're gonna stake it what's the max duration for for, for the lock
1: Yes, yeah, so it's um, four years. And I know that that's like a you know, pretty long time. Uh, but you know we, we we are here to build um, for you know, the next 10 years. Uh, I think I,
2: I mean this would have been a ballsy move if we did this in the middle or, or the peak or top of the bull market. but I think as a protocol we're have sure you know, we're able to survive in the bear market. So, you know, with
1: that track protocol, um, we do feel that, you know, users want to, you know, um, log for a longer amount of time, you know, having four years is, uh, I think, an appropriate amount of time. And also in terms of, you know, many projects that have already built on similar four-year systems like Curve, um, it's easy for them to just, you know, um, deploy on us, which is also the other thing that we're really keen on to ensure that, you know, that, that element of compostability uh, is there for the ecosystem. Uh, so yeah, but
0: that's the, the rough dynamics. Yeah, um, take this from personal experience. If anyone's listening, and this could be like the potentially the first time that you're gonna lock tokens. Locking tokens at the top of a bull market is not a good idea, <laughs> and obviously that's easier said than done when there's a lot of excitement around. But I love the timing of this. If I even from like a speculator's perspective, um, I love the timing of it because you're getting a very like good cost basis for if you were to lock. Um as I say, if you were locking, like if you think about locking curve, like there's gonna be some people who've locked curve for four years at the top at like five and six dollars and now their weekly their bi weekly APRs. Yeah. <laughs> I've still got some some uh position vesting that I, I locked up full of bull market euphoria thinking it was only number go up, but you want that strong cost basis if you're gonna lock. Um and the market's presenting itself with a very, very good cost basis for stuff like this at this moment in time. So take it from someone who's who looks at some of their locked positions and, and cries about them every single day. But uh for me this the timing of this is is really important. And I think it's uh it's probably the right time to do it if you if you are got, gonna go ahead and do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And also I mean, again <laughs> like the V E C R V absolutely loved lot like a <laughs> by in like main hole with all the airdrops so you know i i know that you know like you know many many um, different people on different you know jurisdictions are being saved by the, the regulators um but
2: uh, i i think i've fortunate enough to you know to, to be able to be exposed to some of these you know really negative like airdrops
1: so yeah um, lucky me
0: <laughs> yeah and i suppose the um this adds a total different dimension to it as well with the V model. And as we were mentioning, if people are wanting to bootstrap, then not only do you have the, obviously the removal of such a large amount of cake coming off the market from, from regular users, community members, just retail participants. But this then puts cake in a category where there's going to be protocols that need to buy with particular size that then want to go and lock. Um, so there's going to be a lot of that happening. What I could also kind of envisage, and I've kind of seen the murmurs of this happening as well, is that convex-to-curve style layer of the top. Is there is there any kind of... Is there a lot of interest there from a lot of protocols? Because I keep getting pinged every day from another protocol that wants to build on top of VE cake. But, um, yeah, is there anything that you can tell us about that? Yeah, so
1: <laughs> I think it, there's, like, a few, you know, um, good convexists that are building on top of us, I think, oh, man, this is such a boring answer, but I think as, as a platform, <laughs> and this has been, you know, like, like our general approach towards, um, you know, projects as whole, well, like, we do, do want to be neutral. So, um, we, we are, you know, making sure that, you know, they each get to do their own thing. We're not, you know, um, shining too much attention. Mm-hmm. On any particular ones. But yeah, there, there is, you know, um, I guess, you know, quite a lot of interest within the convex kind of ecosystem. Um, also within the, the bright market um, ecosystem. So um, maybe for just some of the listeners, like for convexes, you lock out VE kick and then you get like the convex version of the Kick. Um, for bright markets, uh, it's a way of connecting, um, you know, users who have some sort of VE kick uh, with users who want to borrow that VEK power to temporary, you know, um, direct incentives um, towards some of the pools. So it allows uh, project teams who want to, let's say, incentivize a pool for a short amount of time for having to hold VEK. Uh, it gives them an avenue to do so. So, yeah, we do have also, you know, a couple of bright markets been built on top of us. Um, I know the naming is a bit sus, but I mean, that's just crypto. In general, <laughs> um, and then we have a bunch of uh, other kinds of um, uh, protocols um, that are built on top of us uh, so I, I think you know we we're pretty excited to just to have like, like you know a, a significant amount of you know projects reach out to us uh, but actually what i'm more really excited for is you know i know i i know that this is this kind of like you know story gets like bounce and all but i'll just love for you know some some teenager for them to like just come up with like some amazing thing for V cake, release it, um and then for us to you know just see what happens um to the to, to the ecosystem. Um so yeah I we, we are trying to make V as easy to build on as possible. Uh and yeah, you know, um uh, I think as you mentioned, because there is um I mean cake has Pancake Solve as a platform has quite a lot of um, you know draw uh, just as a platform, but also given that the cake compared to you know some of the other kind of VE models out there is is so much lower in inflation, you don't really have to have this you know constant race against um, time against inflation um, to to you know make sure that whatever VE cake thing you're building outpaces inflation. Um, so I think that that changes the dynamic slightly so that it's a bit more sustainable and allows you to build things um, that don't just give you a know, crazy high APIs but build something mm-hmm. that is is genuinely used by the community.
0: Yeah that's quite that's quite a unique I suppose that is a really unique aspect of it. Um because as you say a lot of it like if you look at not to throw a at any of the protocols but a lot of a lot of protocols that do switch to Kind of ve staking mechanics feels like there there is an awful lot of um emissions that they're trying to stem by doing that so this is a pretty pretty unique case um is the is there a decay on the lockup of ve cake so like say did your voting rights decay over the of the four years if you were to kind of lock like similar to how crv and ve crv work yeah
1: yeah so exactly right so yeah there is a decay of over- Oh, sorry. Did, did I answer that? Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So you're right that yeah. Um, over
0: time, that, there will be um, a decay factor. So this is you know, um, similar to our um, Yeah. So as the the other really interesting dynamic now, come to think of it, the amount of kind of burn sinks that are across the kind of PancakeSwap swap ecosystem, um, whether that's be some of the games, lottery, the how's how's the rollout of per, perps been because i know obviously everyone's kind of there's so much focus on perpetual futures and who's going to kind of be the the champion has, has that been received well as i know there's been a bit of a change up recently over there what's how's that product been been faring yeah actually let me
2: just
1: pull up <laughs> d5 oh months, so. yeah i mean it's not too bad i think we're like Top twenty in terms of pubs volumes. Um, I think for us, our main focus is still on you know like the swapping, the spot trading experience. Um, for pubs, I mean, yeah, it is something that's starting to come together because not only do you have you know new types of pubs protocols that we potentially can work with, but you also have like um, pubs. Routers now. So you, if you use like a protocol like, you know, uh, uh, MOOCs protocol on Arbitrum, you get in, in essence, you know, basically like, like the one inch of like, yeah. um, you know, pubs aggregators. Um, and that's like pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I think for PURPS, we, we, we are, you know, probably going to focus on that a bit, um, especially um, given, you know, the re- recent market movements um and yeah like after UK, maybe expect uh, some new updates about post from us
0: <laughs> awesome um so chef I see. thanks so much for joining is there anything else that i might have missed off uh in a couple of the questions that you might want to focus people's attention on over the coming weeks months um just to, to make sure people are 100% aware
1: Yeah, so I think when you're mentioning that that thing about, you know, the the different kinds of, like, burn sync, one of the things that you mentioned was gaming. Uh, So, yeah, we've recently launched, like, this um, gaming platform, PancakeSwap Games. Um, It's it's a way for us to work with game um, publishers and help them distribute their games to the PancakeSwap community. So the the first game we've, we've, you know, so, so I co-published was with a uh, mobiles called uh, Pancake Protectors. I think that that took up even though it was like the bear market. So we had around 25,000 um, daily active users for that. Um, so yeah, that did quite well. Um, we recently partnered up with um, Binary X, which is also now the um, you know gaming kind of publishing platform. Um, so we are you know constantly trying to look at ways we we can you know provide more entertainment more value to to our users uh gaming seems to be one of the things that our retail user base enjoys so we're gonna work um you know uh, lean in a bit more, more towards that um i think just in general um i, I am, as i've mentioned at the start we are always like doubling down always
2: should, uh, iterating on things that make us, you know, the go-to um, gap
1: for retail users. Gaming is one of them. Uh, there, there are some other things that we'll be working on. Uh, that are still in the fairly early stages, where, you know, once um, we can announce them, you know, we'll, we'll make sure to share it with, with you guys first. Uh, but I think, you know, uh, the, the, the the one thing I do want to sort of, like, emphasize
2: is that I, I think recently there's been a lot of attention on package store because you know of some of the market sentiment. Um, but I think as a whole and as a team we've been, I guess, you know, silently and consistently building um, during the, the bear market. There were like a few you
1: know, shiny examples like you know, V3 rollout uh, and multi-chain. Um, but we're working on these like, small things, things we you know, like, like not as sexy but still important like gas optimization, you know, slowly tweaking our tokenomics to reduce inflation. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we're always working. Um, you know, sometimes you know the work is a bit more apparent. Um, sometimes you know there's a bit more you
2: know DJing element to it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're always working, and, and we we are always, you know,
1: I think, come back to you know, like this this amazing community um, that we serve, and yeah, like. Uh, I just can't wait for us to like release VCake and like the next thing um, to to just to see how like the community receives it and to see the, the kind of impact it has on you know the DeFi experience.
0: Well, I for one think it's going to be a huge success, and um, I'm just excited to see what kind of products are built on top of or around it. Being a bit of a DeFi nerd myself, so um, I think it's going to be a really really interesting time. So try and get some sleep while all this is happening as well. Cause I know (laughs) it's going to be a lot happening, but um, if there's anything that you guys push out uh, and you want to just come back on, there's a complete open invite. Love to host you guys whenever. um, If there's anything that we can help out with, please just let us know. But um, thanks again for joining us. I really appreciate it. And yeah. Anyone listening, go go and take a look. Um, Even if you haven't been on PancakeSwap for, i don't know a couple of months go and have a look because you'll think jesus christ what the hell has been happening there's so much happening over there and as i say with all the new vek style of tokenomics and all the protocols that are building on top of around it i think it might be one to just go and keep a close eye on so but chef I see. thanks so much i uh, hope you've enjoyed yourself and um welcome again anytime
1: amazing yeah well, great time with you and uh, looking forward to you know a lot more and yeah amazing to to have
0: been here awesome right thanks a lot everyone we'll speak
2: to you next time take it easy